Hey everyone, this is Jason Probst, that guy in Hutch, and you're listening to that podcast in Hutch. I wanted to talk a little bit uh, before I have my guest on today about uh, one of my favorite events that happens every year. It's Talking Tombstones. This is put on by Stage 9. And over the last several years, I've had the privilege of writing some scripts for Talking Tombstones. And this year, I had the chance to write one of the scripts for a new event that they're putting on called If Walls Could Talk. Over the years, as I've been asked to do these, and, and it's kind of an interesting process, we, we identify some characters uh, out at Eastside Cemetery. We look at them, uh, start to figure out which characters might have some interesting backstories, do the research, and then I start to go through the research and, and, and read everything I can on these characters and these aren't characters, these are real people, but we're trying to turn them into characters that can be acted out uh, through a monologue and through costume uh, at, the, at the cemetery. So over time, I've, I've learned a lot about Hutchinson. I've learned a lot about some of the people that lived in Hutchinson, and I've learned a lot about the interesting buildings and things that have happened in those buildings over the years. And I, I remember one of my favorite characters that I wrote about was uh, Dr. Fred Soper, who was born in Hutchinson, grew up in Hutchinson, and then moved away. But as we did the research on him, we found out that he was instrumental uh, during World War II and in the years after uh, in trying to eradicate malaria throughout the world. And it was fascinating how he approached it. And as I was researching this, I found an article written in The New Yorker years ago by one of my favorite authors, Malcolm Gladwell. He's written a number of books, uh, Tipping Point, David and Goliath, Outliers, a uh, number of really thoughtful books that make you kind of examine the world and, and think things. And he had written this article about Fred Soper. So I incorporated that into, into what we were writing. And, and, and when we got done with that, I found this, this character who was incredibly passionate about getting rid of malaria around the world. And he was working in South America trying to uh, really take care of some trouble spots. And, and I found it fascinating the, the way he, he would divide a community into quadrants and then he would divide those quadrants into smaller units. And he had people that would go around and look for puddles of water or anything that, that might be a breeding ground for mosquitoes because they spread malaria. And then he would apply chemical to those areas and and use that to get rid of the the mosquito larva and through that eliminate the the transmission of malaria and through that article i found out that uh, he transitioned over time to the use of ddt which uh, be, became very controversial in the 1960s uh, because it was being used in agriculture at an excessive rate and ended up killing insects or poisoning insects, but the birds would eat the insects and they would uh, later die. And so it became this very controversial environmental thing that happened. And in that research, I found that, you know, Fred Soper was really frustrated by that because he thought that they were on the cusp of being able to rid the world of malaria. And he didn't, he, his perspective was that DDT used in a way that was measured 
and targeted wasn't bad. His frustration was that it, it, it was so effective that people started using it very broadly. And he felt that because it had been overused, uh, it was taken off the market. It was banned around the world. And because of that, he wasn't able to actually continue to use the drug. Uh, but all of that to say, as I, as I got to read about this guy and learn about this guy, then I, I had the chance to turn all that into about a seven-minute dialogue. And, and it's interesting because you're trying to capture the essence of this person, tell the story, tie it to Hutchinson, and talk about how somebody who had such an, such an impact on the world began in Hutchinson. And there's been a number of characters like that I've, I've done over the years. And I've always found that process just very interesting. And I would encourage uh, anyone who hasn't been to Talking Tombstones to attend. It's a, it's, it's a good experience. You'll learn a lot about your community. Um, it, it, there's so many characters, so many people that were born here, lived here, and moved, moved away or stayed here who've done remarkable things in their life. And I think it's a good opportunity to just remember that there, there's so much happening in our town all the time. And uh, it's, it's really worth knowing that history. So coming up, you'll get to hear from Lindsay Becker, who is the artistic director for Stage 9. And she's putting two, together two events. One is the Talking Tombstones, and the other is a new one called If Walls Could Talk. And that takes, uh, uh, takes viewers around Hutchinson, downtown Hutchinson, to look at some of these buildings. And you probably drive by them every day. You've probably been in them, but you've probably not given much thought to what might have happened in those buildings 100 years ago, what their previous use might have been. So Lindsay talks about that a little bit, and uh, she goes through the show, kind of why they've decided to go this this way with it and try something new. Uh, I, it's a shorter shorter conversation, but um, nonetheless, one that I think you'll you'll enjoy. If you don't have anything going on this weekend, I certainly encourage you to take the time to attend one or both of these events. I, I'm I'm certain that you won't regret it, and I'm also certain that you'll walk away with more appreciation for your community than you went into it with. Hey everyone, this is Jason Probst, that guy in Hutch, and you're listening to that podcast in Hutch. And today I have with me the artistic director for Stage 9, Lindsay Becker. Lindsay, thanks for being in today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Well, so part of why I wanted to have you come on today is talk about uh, an event you have coming up this week, mm -hmm. two events actually, um, Talking Tombstones and a new one called If Walls Could Talk. Mm -hmm. And Talking Tombstones has been around for quite a while, um, but you're kind of changing things up a little bit this year. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so it's our 15th annual Talking Tombstones this year, um, and we were able to do this even through COVID. So this has kind of been an event that's just stuck around, and people love it because it's a historical event based in Hutchinson where we do research on people, and then we perform monologues as those people. Normally, it's at their tombstone in Eastside Cemetery, but we're branching out because we're sort of running out of people 
in <laughs> Eastside Cemetery. So the majority of the cast this year is not actually, the majority of the people are not actually buried in Eastside Cemetery, um, but we're still doing it in the cemetery because we love Eastside so much. And that setting near Halloween yeah. at night yeah. uh, is just perfect, right? I cannot believe how many adult humans will not come to a cemetery at nine o'clock at night because they're afraid of ghosts. <laughs> it, it, it actually is quite astounding. <laughs> now, over the years, we've we've talked about some incredible characters. And I think one, one thing that maybe not everyone knows is we've had some remarkable people throughout the years that, that have been portrayed through Talking Tombstones. But these are real people that yeah. lived in Hutch, uh, that maybe stayed around, maybe went somewhere else and did something remarkable. Um, talk about that a little bit, how yeah. how we go about finding these people. So we go about finding them usually either um, through suggestion, somebody has done research on somebody, or we stumble upon them as we're researching somebody else. Or, you know, so they all kind of come organically and it's interesting the way they kind of pop up and it's like oh this is the perfect time to do this um and this year specifically we have two people who two women well all of them are pretty well known but two women specifically that um people knew like they went to church with and they you know worked with them um where they lived and one of those people is laura reed yaggy and some of some of your listeners may understand that the the Yagi Plantation has actually been remodeled recently, um, and is now kind of an Airbnb, you mm-hmm. know, place, and it's it's absolutely gorgeous. But Laura Reed Yagi, um, she you know, kind of made her home here. She was a professional musician. Um, she, toured, she toured the world. And then she also um, built a church here that's on Main Street. And she spent the the vast majority of the latter part of her life building this church. So this is it's an incredible opportunity for us to showcase this. And then another person um, is Annetta Corso, who a lot of people know, um, played Helen Crump on the Andy Griffith show. Okay, She was born and raised here. And so we're having a lot of fun with, with these characters that we're discovering and um and the and the woman who is playing uh, a new character whose name is Avril Starks Kiefer or more known as Ace is played by a woman who actually knew her um didn't know her well but knew her they went to the same church and so it's just kind of cool how in the same community we can not only portray people who people know but people can actually become those people who they once knew. So it's it's a really cool kind of generational thing that we're doing, and I'm, I'm proud of it. One of the things that I've always found remarkable about Talking Tombstones is how much you can learn about the community through it, uh, about the people that lived here, but also about events that happened mm-hmm. over time or sometimes things that happened in buildings that, that aren't commonly known, but as you start digging through the the old historical files, you start to find out that there were houses of questionable character and, mm. and things like that all over town. And that's always been an interesting thing to me. Yeah. The building specifically, when when I first, I, I had a board member come to me, Glenn Grunwald, and he said, you know, I think that this would really go over well in the town. And to me, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> maybe. And then the more we kind of started talking about it and the more he kind of was like, I really think we should do this. I thought, yeah, let's give it a shot. Like what, why not? Honestly. And because it's kind of a sister event to talking tombstones, it was kind of easy for us to put them together, even though they're two very separate events and they will now never, they won't ever be together again. Um, they will always be, you know, uh, one year after another. Okay. And so this was a way for us to establish just on a organizational front, a new fundraiser for ourselves, but then also establish this new way that we can collaborate with businesses downtown. We can collaborate, you know, with um, the, the researchers, the writers. So this was a really big crew this time around because I had a ton of writers. I had a ton, I have a ton of volunteers working on them. Um, we have 16 actors um, portraying characters. And so it's, it's just been a really cool experience watching it all come together. And it's not all come together yet because I haven't seen it as a full show. So I'm really hoping that it all works out well. <laughs> yeah, you never quite know how it's going to come together until the very end, do you? No. And with Talking Tombstones, I've added two characters that are more like narrator transitional characters. And one of them is going to be doing magic um, in the middle of it. He He's developed a whole character of summoning spirits and, and he's going to add a very magical element to it. So I'm excited to see how that's going to come to fruition. That'll be fun. <laughs> so the, the talking about the buildings, the, if walls could talk, you're doing a tour downtown of different buildings mm -hmm. and looking at some of the history in those right. buildings. Right. Um, can you talk a little bit about kind of where that'll start and where, where it will go and kind of yeah. what the, what the what you're looking to do with that yeah so we're gonna the box office and where we'll meet is down at chester i lewis plaza which is just right across the street from the fox theater um and we'll have tents set up uh, scuttlebutts is sponsoring us so we'll have uh, hot beverages and cookies and all kinds of stuff so that's officially where it will start and then from there we will um, put people into groups um a group is uh, six groups because we have seven stops and to give everyone a break, um, there's one built in there. But um, so then we will send leaders. So there's there's guides in each group. There's two guides, one leader and one follower. And so you will follow the guide and they, they know their route. So basically it starts, you know, everybody starts at a different position. So there's no like real start point, um, but it goes as far north um, as bookends, um, which is basically just just south of the DCI um, park. Okay. So that's, um, and right next door to Refner's. And so we'll go as far north as Bookends, as far south as um, Armstrong Antiques. And then we'll go um, east just a little bit to the Reno County Museum, and then we'll hook back up into Main Street, and then we'll go on the west side okay. um, as far as the Furniture and Mattress Clearance Center. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So... Glenn came to you with this idea and said, yeah. Hey, I, I think this might work. Yeah. And then in the last year or so, you've been kind of working on identifying the buildings yeah. and, and, and putting, and that's an interesting process too. It's, it's not just the building. You have to have characters to tell the stories mm -hmm. about the buildings. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And that was interesting trying to figure out who we're going to be. Like some of them are just real, they're really just narrators. Or, you know, we didn't have enough men audition and I couldn't find enough men to do it. So we, we had male characters that then we just had to transfer into women, female narrators, which I think 
in my, you know, in my experience with theater, if something doesn't work out and you have to switch it, it usually means that the people that come into it are the right people for it. And, and I think that's the case with this. And so, um, that, that was an interesting thing where we did identify characters and then it turns out that we weren't able to do that. So being adaptable and being flexible has really made this cast so fun. And there's costumes and I really let the, the actors have a lot of um, agency with the characters and, and where they wanted to go with costuming and then stuff. So it's going to be a fun time. And each stop is kind of unique where it's still in monologue form, but a couple of them have a couple of actors there mm-hmm. doing live stuff. We've produced a couple of films um, that I'm really excited about. And then one of them is just a straight up architectural tour because bookends specifically, they tried to keep so close to the historical accuracy of the, you know, the, the first building that it's just cool to go up and see it. So that'll be the one, that'll be the one building where we actually go up all three flights and they get to see the entire building as well as the beautiful lofts that are inside of it. So I'm excited for people to see those upper quarters. Yeah, that'll be great. So if, if Walls Could Talk mm-hmm. is happening on Friday night yes. from at 6.30. Yes. Right? And like you said, everybody will meet, but then they'll split up into different mm-hmm. areas. And then Talking Tombstones is the following night Correct. on Saturday. Mm-hmm. You have two sessions for that, a 6 p.m. session and a 9 p.m. session. Right. And it'll it's not going to be a walking tour. Normally, Talking Tombstones is a walking tour. But, of course, last year, just to um, kind of adapt with COVID, we just did a, you know, bring your own chair event. We actually got such good feedback from it, like, thank you for not making us walk on that crazy ground because, you know, we're always worried we're going to die. And... Uh, and it's a cemetery. What a horrible so. place to die, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe convenient. I don't know. But um, but yeah. So we we it is going to be standing. The the actors are performing in the round. So everybody will be sitting in the round all amongst the tombstones. So you'll be sitting in that you know crazy ground. But um, it's kind of a bring your own chair events. We will have available folding chairs there, but they're not going to be super comfortable. So I would highly <laughs> suggest people bring their beautiful you know lawn chairs that. Some of them even have like recliners and stuff. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Rockers. Yeah. Bring bring whatever you want. Yeah. And about how long will the program last? Yeah. So I'm expecting, like I said, it's been, I haven't seen the full show, but for If Walls Could Talk, I, I fully expect it to be about an hour and a half walking tour and about an hour and a half to an hour and 45 for Talking Tombstones since we've added that element of a magic show in the middle. Okay. And then how much are tickets for each event? Hmm, so that's a complicated question. So technically, um, each show, general admission is $25. However, if you go into stage9hutch.com and buy tickets ahead of time, we have package deals and all of them are discounted. So if you're not super into paying $25, which I completely understand um, during our difficult times we've had in the last couple of years. Um, that's why I, we're doing package events to try, try to really give people a really good deal. So if you go to, if you want to go to, if Walls Could Talk and Talking Tombstones, you get $10 off. So it'll only be 40 instead of 50. Um, and then they kind of go from there. And we're also introducing a merchandise bag this year, which I'm really excited about. We'll have their, their really nice canvas reusable bags that you can take with you on the walking tour, take everything from the businesses. Some of the businesses are going to be offering 
discounts for the following week for anybody who attended the event. And um, they have you know a couple of goodies and Scuttlebutts is offering a, a deal as well. So the businesses have been amazing in the sense that not only are they opening up their space to us, but they're they're going to be offering some deals to people who attend the event. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. Now it's probably important to talk about too this is a fundraiser for stage nine mm-hmm. um one of the hardest hit areas in the last 18 months or so has been performance venues such as yours um, talk about how important it is to try to get your legs back under you as we yeah. emerge from this and 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 have the funds to be able to put on additional shows in the coming years yeah well i tend to be a glutton for punishment normally as a just as a human but i i've been working really hard to keep stage nine just in front of the audience so we've actually done a ton of shows during covid that i've been really really proud of whether they're streamed or we've done out door venues. We've still done fundraisers. So we've actually been able to keep a pretty steady stream of performances, auditions, you know, trying to get not just for entertainment value for the community, which we all need right now, but it's also an outlet for the people who do the shows with us. Because as we all know, all of us as adults, we we need outlets, you know, we need playtime oh, yeah. and not very many of us do it. Um, and playtime looks different for all of us. Um, sometimes work is play for us or, or, you know, the creative arts. And so we've been fortunate enough to be able to have a constant stream, but that we haven't been able to have a full blown season. And also, you know, people haven't been able to put money towards us as much because everybody has been hit so hard. There's just been no no one left behind as far as getting hit by this by this virus. So it has been a difficult thing, even though we've been able to keep above everything. So I, I felt like we struck a good balance, but it's going to be really important for us in the next couple of years. I actually think the next couple of years might be harder than the last couple of years have been just because of economy, you know, all the fun political stuff that we're all so excited to talk about with each other these days. Um, but um, it's really important for us to keep that consistency going. So it's not just for us. It's, it's also for the people that we work with. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're putting this on again this year. And I'll say if you haven't been to Talking Tombstones, uh, you should check it out. It's a fascinating production. And uh, I'm really excited this year to see if Walls could talk. And uh, Lindsay, thanks for coming on today and talking a little bit about uh, what you've been up to. Thanks for having me. In addition to If Walls Could Talk and Talking Tombstones, there are a number of other things happening this week. This Thursday is the monthly Third Thursday event. and This will be the one right before Halloween, so I imagine that there'll be some, some spookiness downtown. Um, but they'll have food trucks, they'll have music, they'll have vendors, they'll have a lot of informational booths. So that'll happen from 6 to 9 downtown. Make sure you get your kids out, uh, get them dressed up in their costumes if you want, and uh, head on head on down for some fun. A couple of other things going on. The Hutchison Arts Center will have a preview of its Saturday auction, and that will happen from 6 to 8 p.m. on Thursday. And then the auction itself will happen on Saturday at 11 a.m. at the Hutchison Arts Center. This will be a chance to uh, look at some art, and then on Saturday, if you want to join in the auction and take something home with you, you'll have the chance to do that. Again, as always, If you have an event that you'd like us to promote, please let us know. We'd love to talk about 
your event and anything happening in Hutchinson. I'd like to thank a few of the people who've helped make that podcast in Hutch possible. My son Mitchell Probst wrote and recorded the music for the show. Jenny Brigette put together some great graphics and promotional art. And Chris Acker helps overcome my mistakes to produce a great sounding product every episode. That podcast in Hutch is made possible through a collaboration between the Hutchison Arts and Culture Collective and Salt City Sound. They're working to bring resources and infrastructure to support art, music, and storytelling in our community. If you have an idea for your own podcast, reach out to them at podcasts at saltcitysound.net. If you enjoy that podcast in Hutch, be sure to subscribe and share it with all your friends. You can also help support this production by subscribing to thatguyinhutch.substack.com or by emailing me at thatguyinhutch at gmail.com to learn about sponsorship opportunities. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Assault City Sound Production.